This video is part of an audiobook series featuring robots by the MIT Press Essential Knowledge Series by John Jordan in 2016. For more audiobooks, please visit my YouTube channel, find me on Spotify, or check out my website for downloads. Chapter 9. Future Directions However it manifests itself, computing is changing. These changes have important consequences because computing amplifies human cognition, our own and that of those observing and analyzing us. Because we define ourselves much more by what we think and say than by what we do, current robotics is moving close to definitions and assertions of human identity. At the same time, machines powered by those computing capabilities which inhabit the physical world are taking on some traits that can be interpreted or attributed as human. Four broad changes in computing affect people in new ways. Shape. Whether it is wearables, humanoid robots, self-replicating 3D printers, or robotic vehicles, what we think of as a computer has changed forever and made its one-time embodiment in a beige box seem like a distant memory. Scale. There was much snickering in the 1990s at the quotation allegedly attributed to IBM CEO Thomas Watson that, quote, I think there is only a worldwide market for four or five computers, end quote. Now, as Google and Amazon build planet-scale networks of data centers, the gist of the statement has a ring of truth to it. Whether we're using Apple's Siri, watching a Netflix movie, navigating from a Google app, reading a web-based email, or accessing Facebook, the old PC-centric world of applications, networks, and processors seems less and less in tune with our everyday reality. The idea of a robotic device as a physical manifestation of a global computing grid will grow more familiar in the coming years. Human proximity. The personal computer sat on a desk, often secured by a lock and a cable. Smartphones were located closer still, in the pockets and purses and on nightstands. But now, computers can nest in shoes, eyeglasses, prostheses, and even nerve endings. As humans and silicon-based computing platforms intermingle ever more thoroughly, interesting things will happen, some of them disturbing and others inspiring. Scope. From manipulating numbers and calculating artillery trajectories, to word processing, to music production, to Photoshop, and now to artificial intelligence, computing has come a long way, moving ever closer to some of the processes that define humanity. Given the pervasiveness and magnitude of these changes, it is important that we examine both what we value and how computing affects our activities and beliefs. Unlike steam and automotive power, which we came to measure against the power of horses, we have no comparable way to measure how closely artificial intelligence is approaching or amplifying human cognition. A car with 180 horsepower can readily be compared to another with 300 horsepower, but how are we to grasp the relative strength, power, or magnitude of cloud computing, advanced sports measurements, stock market algorithmic trading systems, or even the relative power of the more tangible voice recognition smartphone assistants? When Siri 3.0 debuts, how much better will Apple say it performs? This lack of tangibility and yardsticks is important to consider as computing comes ever closer to doing some of the things that make us human. As that computing power is turned loose and comes to both inhabit and measure our physical existence, the need for realistic, informed dialogue grows greater still. Computing is now doing human-like things in human space and in conjunction with humans. 
but we lack language to describe what robots are doing or how well this year's models are doing it relative to 2010, per se. Five particular clusters of issues are rising. In combination, these issues pose significant questions about human identity, agency, and rights and responsibilities. As I said in the introduction, these questions need to be addressed by more people than just computer scientists and engineers. Issue number one, big data and its insights and illusions. Turning the physical world into a data model requires massive computing, let alone storage capacity. One reason robots and self-driving cars are practical is the sensors, algorithms, and processing capacity that can be brought to bear on the task of navigation. In the realm of non-robotic sensors, meanwhile, surveillance cameras are notorious for producing vast volumes of information, most of it not useful except after human viewing, and the accumulation of machine-generated pips, chirps, and other signals points to a time when the glut of information will overwhelm us, at least until signal processing and interpretation improve. However, these fields evolve. Robotics will, for the foreseeable future, be connected with the mythology and technical progress of big data, defined variously. Issue 2. New Role of Capital versus Labor As Eric Brynjolfsson and Andrew McAfee argue in the, the Second Machine Age, power laws characterize many aspects of connected system. In the economy, for example, the richest become richer and more powerful, while the least skilled become poorer and more marginalized. Every year, there are fewer paths from the bottom rungs of the economic ladder to the top. Intergenerational social mobility is slowing in many countries. This growing polarization and the role that computing plays in it might explain Google's heavy investment in robotic technologies, having ceded social networking to Facebook, the next Google. Google now wants to own the key patents and markets related to physical computing, whether in the car, on the face with Google Glass, on the wall with Google Nest, in the factory, JV with Foxconn, or in extreme scenarios with Shaft. Issue 3. Privacy. As robots sense and move among us, they will collect masses of data. As we have seen in multiple data breaches exposing tens of millions of people's information, some of it extremely personal, fingerprints for example, the scope for the invasion of personal privacy expands every year. To take but one robot capability, facial recognition is not something we can opt into at Facebook or elsewhere. But with Google Glass-like automation, machine vision, and ever more numerous cameras and other sensors, making the face of any one of us a hyperlink to a vast database can soon happen without our knowing it. Issue 4. Automata, Augmentation, and Identity What do we call an augmented person? In the case of Stephen Hawking, genius usually suffices, even though with his robotic wheelchair and voice synthesizer, he fits the definition of cyborg pretty well. What are the rules of the road for augmented humans in athletic competition? Should SAT proctors test for Ritalin among non-ADHD test takers? How will HR screeners evaluate human plus job applicants? From the, from the machine end of the spectrum, what do we call a machine that can emulate human capabilities, sometimes uncannily? Alan Turing had one idea in 1950, and many others have since been proposed. Binary distinctions will soon be overwhelmed by anomalies, a clear sign that today's simplistic typologies will fail. Computing can approximate, 
more and more human capabilities, such as understanding puns and riddles, while computers assume more and more mammalian forms, as Boston's dynamics progress with legged robots illustrates. At the very least, the question, what is a human and what makes humans special, will occupy more problematic terrain very soon. A 2015 article even proposed letting humans and robots marry. Issue 5. Humans can build systems they cannot understand or control. Perhaps the most vivid example of this tendency is the flash crash of 2010, in which the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost, then regained, 600 points in a matter of 20 minutes. It is widely believed that automated trading systems, overreacting to the gambit of a very clever day trader in England, initially generated an excess of buy and sell orders, then retreated, causing a temporary lack of market liquidity. If the aggregate wealth of the New York Stock Exchange can lose 9% of its value because of automated responses to manually generated spoof orders, given all the safeguards inherent in financial systems, what are the possibilities that millions of sensors could exhibit similar aberrant behavior? Code cannot easily st be stress-tested at this scale, nor can interactions among independent but interoperating systems be logically predicted. What are the rights and responsibilities of robot owners or robot makers? Furthermore, the more we, re we rely on machines to relieve ourselves of cognitive responsibilities, the more we forget how to do important things. An analysis of the 2009 crash of Air France Flight 447, bound for Paris out of Rio de Janeiro, raises important questions about the erosion of human skills in the presence of automation. Despite thousands of flight hours of experience, several crew members had extremely limited experience actually handling the aircraft, much less under challenging circumstances. The U.S. Naval Academy dropped celestial navigation from the curriculum in 1997, given the far greater accuracy of GPS, although it still instructs cadets in the use of the sextant, but no longer with pad and paper. Pocket calculators were most likely behind a generation of high school students not knowing how to add or subtract fractions, a necessity for carpenters and other tradespeople who have little use for decimal equivalents. Digital tools come with unintended consequences. Three questions come to mind here. What are humans good at? What are computers good at? And how will computer and human partnerships change shape over the coming years? mind and body. So, we will be producing about 10 to the 26th or 10 to the 29th calculations per second at global scale of non-biological computations per year in the early 2030s. This is roughly equal to our estimate for the capacity of all living biological human intelligence. This state of human computation this state of computation in the early 2030s will not represent the singularity however because it does not yet correspond to a profound expansion of our intelligence. By the mid 2040s however that $1000 worth of computation will be equal to 10 to the 26th computations per second. So the intelligence created per year at a total cost of about $1012 will be about 1 billion times more powerful than all human intelligence today. That will indeed represent a profound change, and it is for that reason that we set the date for the singularity, representing a profound and disruptive transformation in human capability as 2045. From Ray Kurzweil in The Singularity is Near. Kurzweil's singularity hypothesis 
hypothesis that machine cognitive capability will eclipse human capability with profound consequences remains controversial. Indeed, the fact that Kurzweil is still a senior executive at Google, the world's leading robot company, raises some important questions. Perhaps the most familiar critique of Kurzweil's thinking was made by Douglas Hofstetter, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author of Gödel, Escher, and Bach. In a 2007 interview, Hofstetter summarized what many seem to have felt at the time, quote, If you read Ray Kurzweil's books and Hans Moravec's, what I find is that it's a very bizarre mixture of ideas that are solid and good with ideas that are crazy. It's as if you took a lot of very good food and some dog excrement and blended it all up so that you can't possibly figure out what's good or bad. It's an intimate mixture of rubbish and good ideas, and it's very hard to disentangle the two because these are smart people. They're not stupid. End quote. Anthony DiMaggio's brilliant book, Descartes' Error, posits a convincing alternative to Kurzweil's model of human cognition as a relatively simple and straightforward process that can be replicated and then surpassed in silicon. Rather than, than expect the Cartesian split of mind from body, expressed in the epigram, I think, therefore I am, and central to Kurzweil's entire argument, DiMaggio reconnects thought with corporeality. The cognitive neuroscientist insists, with evidence, that it is emotion, the blurry juncture of mind and body, that enabled hu human survival in the evolutionary past and continues to define the species. All the talk about computer calculations equaling and surpassing human intelligence ignores this basic reality. Until computers can laugh, cry, sing, sweat nervously, and otherwise integrate mind and body, they cannot surpass what makes people people. Or, as Damasio explained, quote, I am not saying that the mind is in the body. I am saying that body contributes more than life support and modulary, modul modulatory effects to the brain. It contributes a content that is part and parcel of the workings of the normal mind. End quote. You don't have to be a neuroscientist to follow this argument. Our feelings often have a physical component. Damp palms, tingling spine, quickened pulse, and breathing. A central processing unit, like brain, simply cannot account for such phenomena, let alone for muscle memory in athletes or perfect pitch in musicians. That said, algorithms and processing power and information storage and networking are absolutely increasing the power of non-human cognition. How will artificial intelligence or robotics incorporate these embodied forms of intelligence in as-yet-uninvented devices? AI poses potent questions, but maybe not the ones that Kurzweil lists. As I pointed out in the introduction with regard to Google Plus and MIDI, technical defaults have long lives and broad effects. Indeed, the power of such defaults has been powerfully demonstrated by two researchers who found that countries with opt-in organ donor systems, such as the United States, have far lower levels of available transplant organs than do countries with opt-out systems. We are getting to a point where such defaults are being set in regard to robotics, and they affect important human traits and processes. Robots are probably best considered tools, as Asimov stated somewhat disingenuously once the field of robotics was established. His far more influential fiction implied otherwise. Humans and tools co-evolve. As we adapt to the many implications of our robots, the more we can self-consciously locate ourselves relative to them, and the sooner we can divine or design human-robot collaborations that can improve rather than impoverish our existence.
and the more self the more such self-awareness leads to explicit articulations rather than movie villains, literary tropes, or economic shorthand, the less mystery and confusion will attach to this new stage of technology innovation. Humanity has always built tools, and tools always have unintended consequences. Those consequences have been substantial before. The rise of cities, the extension of human lifespans, and the development of nuclear weapons. Before the next wave of change redefines work, caregiving, and warfare, even seeing and walking, it's time we have some straight talk about who we are relative to these machines and what we can expect from our transactions with them. Thank you for watching. Please like, subscribe, and visit my channel for more exciting content.